What are other Minnesota Wild podcasts saying about your favorite team in the state of hockey? We find out today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, part two of the Minnesota Sports Podcast Collaboration Show, featuring such podcasts as The Soda Pod, Brave the Wild, Judd's Buds, Sound the Foghorn, Wild Takes, and of course, Locked On Wild. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked On Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer, and your captain for the Locked On Wild podcast. And uh, we bring you part two of the Minnesota Sports Podcast Collaboration Show. So without further ado, I'll turn it over to Ishan Jerome and State of Hoppy. Who do we got? Our friends at Sound the Foghorn. Brett, Justin, and Zeke represent Sound the Foghorn from wild to whitecaps, killing the analytics and prospect game. Here's a sneak peek at their latest episode. Man, let's talk a little bit about Kevin Fiala. Um, obviously, our podcast has been high on Kevin from the start. Um, we've talked him up. We've said to be patient. We've advocated to get better line mates, and he just continues to light it up. We're going to bring back an old segment, our uh, good old Reacting to Russo segment. Um, if you haven't read it yet, there's a great article on The Athletic, um, I believe. Russo did along with Dom Lechizian, um analyzing Shana, right? what it would take. It might have been Shannon Goldman as well. It might have been all three yeah. of them, yeah. Um, just kind of breaking down you know, what might it take to re-sign Kevin Fiala. And I don't really want to dive into that per se just because um, there's so much speculation and, well, okay, if this happens and this has to happen, and we'll get into that, that's, that's off-season chatter because that's when all this would happen. But I just want to kind of get your guys' opinion on, you know, what do you think they should do with Fiala and just do you think what he's be- what he's done basically since Bulby has arrived is sustainable? Do you think it's one of those bender hot streaks where you know eventually he cools off is it somewhere in between where do you see this kind of projecting it out long term i mean personally i think every player cools off but i think we legitimately have a first line second line zuccarello like kaprizov that that's our version of zuccarello kaprizov on the second line i don't think it's by any mistake that those two have chemistry and Mm-hmm. I mean, Ken, oops, sorry, that's my table falling on me almost. But, <laughs> but uh, I mean, Kevin will, will tell you that, you know, he, just one snippet I remember is he didn't have great line mates. And this is what we've been preaching all along get him some line mates and, and he'll do things like this. Yeah, he struggled out the gate to score three goals in his first 25 games. But, I mean, since Boldy's came, what what is it, 21 points in 17 games since Boldy's, mm-hmm. I mean, been recalled? I mean, 12, 12 game point streak in that that period. Ten of them were when Boldy were back, and I mean, for starting off with three goals first twenty five games per Tony uh, on ten K ranks, he's on pace for twenty nine goals. I mean, I think he's one of those players that you can't replace. I, I don't think there's very many players that we have in our system right now, or via free agents or anything that can replace what Kevin does. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's tough because I mean, like you said, Justin, I think it really helps a team to have you know two legitimate scoring lines, and I think most of the uh, you know actually legitimate contenders will have that because I mean, as we saw against Vegas last year when they focused on the Kaprizov line and shut them down, I mean, the Wild still competed, but at that point, it's a uh, you know shut those down with one guys, and you you know you probably have a good chance to win. Whereas you know now a feature that teams try that either line that'll leave you know either Fiala or Boldy, Zucro, et cetera, you know open to to, to do what they can do and I mean obviously I you know it's kind of tough I I agree with you guys I don't want to see him go I would like to see him be resigned I mean obviously you know as Brett said there's a lot of complicated uh, issues with money and obviously that'll be the determining factor because you know it's really you don't really know exactly what he's going to be asking for you know length of deal etc but I, I do think uh, he's not really the kind of guy you can replace and I mean you know you might you got guys like you know, Adam back in the system or whatever, but I mean, he's still pretty young and, you know, even any guy in the system you have, but the chances that they turn into a player like Kevin Fiala, regardless of how good they are, is, you know, not very great. And I think with, obviously with their, you know, dead cap that's coming up and they're going to need to shed some players, I think it would make it a lot easier to contend and actually have a chance at winning if he was still on the team. But it, it still just seems that Obviously, you know, like like, he, like Brett mentioned with the chemistry with Boldly, maybe that starts to change their mind and they try to make it work. But it for some it just seems has seemed like for a while that, you know, we've had with Kevin Fiala, we've had this debate too about okay, do you keep here him or Matt Dumba? And from the tone of the end of Russo's article and just history, it seems like maybe that Bill Guerin might be taking in his mind to have the thought of okay, he's been great and I you know I could keep him, but that also means I could get more for him if I were to trade him. So, but obviously, no. I, I, in short, I, I don't want to see him go. I think uh, he's, uh, think he's vital. I mean, he's still only 25, 26, so I think he's bit pretty vital to the next five, you know, next three, four years of this team's chances of continuing to be a year-end, year-out contender. Yeah, for me, if you plan on getting Matt Boldy here long term, then you need to extend Kevin Fiala alongside with him. Um, yeah. My opinion can change if the chemistry all of a sudden vanishes, but I think you just watch the way, you know, m- much like Kaprizov and Zuccarello seem to think the game the same way, those two do the same thing. And it's in a much different way. I think it's more, you know, those two are going to, Kaprizov and Zuccarello are looking to make the prettiest play possible and make as many passes as they mm-hmm. can and, and tap in. Where I think Matt Boldy and Kevin Fiala are, we're going to attack the hell out of you off the rush. We're going to make one pass and we're going to undress your whole team. One of us is going to draw two of your defensemen over. I'm going to hit the other guy, and he's going to go in and score. I mean- if you like what you heard, feel free to head on over to Sound the Foghorn. Any podcast platform that you have, we should be there. Look for the Minnesota Wild Colors and the iconic Foghorn logo. If we're not on your favorite podcast platform, feel free to let us know on Twitter or Instagram, at Sound the Foghorn, all one word. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. If you don't already, follow them on social at Sound the Foghorn and plug that into your favorite podcast platform as well. Who do we got next? Wild Takes. On the MN Wild leg of 10K Takes, Dev and Zooch talk hockey and nonsense, bringing you their wild takes every week. Here's some of their latest work. So you guys had mentioned uh, mentioned Koivu as a uh, favorite guy. We love the captain. Always love the captain. Of course. Is he the Minnesota Wild leader in pins? Zuch, this is to you first. Is Miko Koivu your wild leader in penalty minutes? Dude. Oh my God. 
played for so long for us, and it's not like he was a. It's he took penalties. Like it's not like he was yeah. the cleanest. Oh my god, man! I hate you, Dev. This, this is a tough <laughs> stretch here. I'm gonna say fiction. But I gotta believe there's someone that got, that has more. I don't know who, but someone. All right, Jesse. Uh, I'm gonna say fact because again for longevity purposes right like maybe west wall for some reason west walls keeps popping into my head too yeah. but no i'm gonna say i'll say fact especially since he's affection but he was here forever why how could he, he not right that's forever. that's the only reason i was even remotely yeah. thinking about fact. it miko you're saying you're saying fact and yeah. zooch you're saying fiction yeah zooch is right he is second all time oh. with 592 pims is it west first Wes is not. Wes is in the oh. top uh, 10, though. Okay. He is. Let's see. <laughs> I was going to say top five. He went top, <laughs> um, top 10, though. Wes and Kyle Brodziak are tied for 11th, actually. So, so he's not okay. <laughs> top 10. God damn. Sorry. I, I, Who's, who is it then? It's Matt Johnson, who was with the team from 2001 to 2004. And he has the most penalty minutes? By a lot. <laughs> who the hell is Matt John? I don't even know who he is. Yeah, I would have never. Yeah, Matt I thought Johnson. you were going to say Matt Cook. And I was like, dude, he was here for a year. How does that work? Matt Johnson in four seasons and 227 games amassed <laughs> 698 penalty minutes. That's that is a liability on the ice. Yeah, he's oh like, God. I wouldn't want him to play ever. It's incredible. He was, doing he was this here for the run. When we're done with this, I'm just going to Google Matt Johnson and find out everything I can. Are you ready him. for the I best need him on the part? podcast now. Are you, need to talk. are you ready for the best part? <laughs> yeah, right. Come He's on, doing this on an average seven minutes and 13 seconds on ice. You're shitting How? me. <laughs> How is he in the box he literally, that much? Right. He literally just goes out there, fights, and then no just idea. like... I don't Skates right know. to the box. Right. I have no idea, but it killed me when I found that out. Oh, Ooh. man. That's hilarious. Yeah, I Ridiculous. do not remember him. What the hell? I do not remember him. Kudos to you, Matt Johnson. I hope you're listening to this. Please come on the podcast. Yeah, because um, that's honestly impressive. It's right. truly unbelievable, and I love it so much. Um, my uh, my final one. This is uh, I believe it's three one Jesse. So um, either way, you lose. But that's fine. Let's let's yeah. just have a little fun. No. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah I, got, I got on the scoreboard, though. That's good. You did. You that's did get on the scoreboard with that last one there. So Jesse is either going to win a nail biter or a convincing <laughs> blowout. <laughs> Rem Pitlick is the leading shooting percentage among all wild players to score more than one goal for Minnesota. True or false? Jesse, this one's to you. It's to me first. Yep. Fact. Okay. Yeah, that that's got to it's got to be a fact. The guy took yeah, <laughs> what he scored. He probably what five shots. Total yeah, five in the shots, time here. four goals. Like, yeah. I mean, thirteen shots, six goals. Yeah, yeah come on, man. Forty-six point two percent. He is your Minnesota Wild yeah. all-time multi-goal scorer. Hey, we got Dev finally. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so. Yeah. Woo! Yay! Finishing that one. Um, can either of you two name the only player in Minnesota wild history to go one for one? Someone who had a cup of coffee here, huh? I honestly, I couldn't, I, I couldn't. Well, either. he played two games in the 2001 season. 
Oh yeah. So if you can, I'll be blown away. Mm-mm. Yeah, for sure. I won't be able to. I was like three or four years old at that point. Matt Johnson? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> the he one guy wasn't in little. the penalty box. He yeah. takes a shot and scores. Empty net. Yeah. He's on his way out of the penalty box. Yeah. <laughs> it's Kai Nermanen, who I do not remember at all. He played two games in 2001, and his final stats are one shot, one goal, one point, dash one, two pims, and his goal was five on five. And he did that on 1534 average time on ice. You're all probably already following 10K takes at 10K underscore takes if you're not. Uh, but go follow their hockey dedicated feed at wild takes 10K. And of course, search wild takes wherever you get your podcasts. The month of February is in full swing, which means many of your New Year's resolutions may have been thrown out the window. But if you are still trying to eat better and look better, Built Bar is here to help. And if you are looking for something fresh, something new, Built Bar introduces you to their puffs. If you have not tried the puffs yet, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallowy, not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. These low-calorie, high-protein, absolutely amazing built bars can replace your normal candy bar with ease they are better than a typical candy bar can be with uh, candy bars featuring anywhere from two to 300 calories a piece most built bars contain 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of protein so get in on the built bar mania by going to built.com use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off of your order Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. MNCAA, hosted by Nick Maxson. You get your weekly dose of Minnesota College Puck. Here's a look at what you can expect for all six Division I programs. And as always, welcoming in Ryan State to talk St. Thomas Hockey. Ryan, good to see you back. Yeah, great to be here. I, uh, I always look forward to this. It's kind of like the highlight of my week in a weird way. <laughs> That is weird because if you actually knew me in real life, it would not be a highlight. Uh, <laughs> but uh, St. Thomas, uh, again, back in action this weekend and uh, kind of disappointing a, a little bit last weekend. Uh, I know we kind of maybe thought that this would be uh, potentially a weekend uh, against Alaska, that maybe they would, uh, you know, maybe some things that they started to build to kind of culminate and maybe uh, push Alaska, uh, maybe even get a win or two and uh, didn't quite go the way we thought. That was um... – Rico kind of was a way to, he bluntly said, we did not play our best hockey, which I thought was kind of sugarcoating it maybe (laughs) a little bit because they, I don't think I've seen them fall behind that quickly than I did on Friday night. I mean, I had literally just started watching the game and I tweet out, oh, already done one, nothing. A minute later, oh, it's two, nothing. Oh, it's three, nothing. It's just he said we were not ready to play and that was pretty evident because they lost six one it just sick it was just a complete disaster and then you go to saturday which was started off better they were up one nothing after the first and then they gave up five unanswered goals and then had to play from behind and they tried to fight back but you know you tried to score <laughs> rally from four goals down when you're already struggling that weekend it just 
it just didn't happen. It was the weirdest thing, too, because, like you said, we were thinking they might get a win or at least some momentum going in the last two weeks, and nothing came out of it. It was just a bizarre, strange weekend. And uh, as you mentioned with Rico, you know, and mind you, for those who don't know Rico as well as you and I do, uh, Rico is a, a pretty straight, straightforward shooter, honestly. And, uh, you know, for lack of, you know, putting the record aside, I think for those who followed this team this year, understand that it's it's been a year of growth and there really actually was some exciting things happening with the squad these last few weeks. And uh, just it kind of just kind of hit a wall. Uh, this weekend and it, it's for the one time that Rico that you and I have talked to has really said yeah no this wasn't our best hockey and uh, you know it kind of makes you think oh crap you know this is you know and every team has tough weekends but this one especially tough to take here for for St. Thomas yeah it, uh, it was a weekend I was not expecting I knew it was going to be a little shaky because you are making that long trip to Alaska and that can have an effect on any team you know, you see good teams all the time, sometimes nationally ranked teams who will go out there and just kind of trip over themselves in one of the games, either Friday or Saturday night. And they might come out with two wins, but they don't particularly look good doing it. And uh, I thought maybe something good would happen, and it really didn't. It was just a, it, it's one of those series that you just want to completely put to, behind you and pretend it didn't happen. And I think that's what the Tommies are going to try to do this weekend. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not an easy opponent either. No. And, uh, you know, you, you talk about the road trip to Alaska. You know, you do bring up, I, I think, a good point, right? Because this has been the longest road trip for St. Thomas so far in Division One. Um, that's, what, a four-and-a-half, five-hour ride up there to Alaska, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, via airplane? It, it's, it's hard to say, really, because it depends on the route you take. I mean, I does Minneapolis – fly straight i don't know i believe they, they do yeah i think they, they do they go straight I think, to fairbanks okay i i think so mm-hmm. it's uh either way i mean that's <laughs> it's it's not a you know a drive across uh, to to mariucci arena to play the golfers that's for sure and you know you you kind of wonder if that played a part in maybe their performance w- would you think that maybe that was part of it yeah well you know rico's not the kind of guy who likes to make excuses um, but I, you have to think that if they were so not ready to play on Friday, it makes me wonder if it at least had some bit of effect on them because, I, I mean, I've seen St. Thomas lose before, but I haven't seen them look that bad from the start with the exception of the St. Cloud State game at the very, very start of the season. With the exception of that, I haven't seen them be just overwhelmed from the beginning. So. I like to think it played a little role. He would probably say it didn't, but I I think it probably had a little something to do with it. And, and you know, it is or or series like that where you have to travel for for so long, right? You know, and I think again as you mentioned, I know St. Cloud is in years past gone on to Alaska. They've also gone on east to Boston College, Boston University for some non-conference action too. Uh, I guess is going to Alaska the the worst place you could go as far as a road trip and and it's not because of location it's more just getting there it's it's the it's the whole experience from from just the length of trip it is is that is that a fair assessment i i would say probably in my opinion yeah it would be i think alaska is the worst one i mean 
there's some other ones like if they're far away sometimes they're at smaller airports and smaller towns so then you have to fly to a bigger city and then get on another plane to get to there and sometimes even bust and then you know to the even so i imagine that can be a pain but you know a lot of that's just one time zone you're going from like central to eastern time zone or maybe even eastern to mountain time zone whereas you're going from Minnesota to Alaska, you're three time zones behind you. And it's just, <laughs> it, it takes forever to adjust to it. I mean, there's people who were talking about it who had been on that trip before and just like, it takes you like two days to really come to grips with it. And especially in the winter when it's like pitch mm-hmm. black almost all day. <laughs> so it's like, I imagine it's, I imagine it's, I think, Going on a trip, like if you're doing like the back-to-back, like some teams used to do where they'd go to Anchorage and then go to Fairbanks or vice versa, where you can actually make like a two-week trip out of it, I think it's kind of fun. But I think if you're just going out there on a weekend, I think it's just one of those where you're just like, okay, let's get out there and let's leave. <laughs> let's not spend any more time there. So that, in my opinion, I think that's the worst the worst road trip could be on. And it's funny because, you know, even as, as broadcasters, as, as writers too, you know, you feel the same effects, right. Of that travel. Um, I'm, I'm going to probably throw a curveball at you here, Ryan, but you know, whether it's covering hockey or maybe even your personal life too, what has been sort of the, the, the biggest travel thing that you've done that, you know, I guess maybe took a little bit out of you. (laughs) Um, probably I'd, I'd have to think, I've been lucky in the fact that I have not had to have a lot of jet lag or any like sheer exhaustion from travel compared to some other people I know in the industry. I guess maybe it was probably going to Florida just because I, I don't, I don't like being hot and I don't like it being humid either. So sweltering in Southern Florida is not my exactly my cup of tea. So that was probably the worst <laughs> part, part for me. I mean, beaches are nice, but it's just, I hate humidity and I hate being hot. So that was probably the worst part, but thankfully it was just a time zone switch and it really wasn't that big deal. But I know other people in the industry have traveled. They've gone to Maine and they've gone to Arizona state and they've gone to Alaska and stuff like that. So they probably have more grueling stuff than I did, but uh, that's my take. I really haven't got to deal with that kind of intense stuff. I'm, I mean, you? Do you got any of them? Do you? I, I've got one for you. Yeah, and this isn't work. This was a personal thing. So I had a buddy that was uh, in the Navy, and he was stationed in San Diego on Coronado Island. Uh, this was back in 2010. His uh, six-year uh, contract was expiring. And uh, didn't even actually know I was going. He, I was literally in my parents' garage on a Friday, and he called me up, I think, around noon, noon, 1 o'clock. And he said, you know, hey, what are you doing? Nothing. You, uh, <laughs> do you want to come with me to drive back? And I'm like, I don't have like three or four days. I have to work mm-hmm. on Monday. And he goes, we'll make it back. I'm like, when? <laughs> he goes, we'll drive Saturday. We'll be- get back Sunday. I'm like, there's just no way. So, yeah fly down there Saturday or Friday. Uh, and of course, in, when you're getting out of the, of the army, at least for him, it, it was a celebration for him. Uh, so there was, there was some celebrating and there's some choice beverages that were consumed uh, quite a bit, actually. Um, so we ended up going, I think to sleep at three in the morning and up getting up at seven 30 in the morning. So around four and a half hours of sleep, uh, leave San Diego at eight o'clock AM Pacific time. We got back to my car to Minneapolis airport in 34 and a half hours later, 7.30 p.m. Central on Sunday night. And then 
because I'm not crazy enough already. Drove an extra hour, hour and a half up to St. Cloud. Uh, so yeah, that that one I was dead tired after that one. So that was that's my longest and most exhausting travel experience I've had. And the longest we stopped was I think 15 minutes at a Wendy's in Utah just to get out of the car because otherwise it was either fuel and go or through the drive-through and go. There really wasn't any stopping for us. The highlight of the trip was the Wendy's in Utah. It was actually <laughs> <laughs> getting back, uh, getting back to hockey here, uh, Mr. Stieg, uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, for uh, not the greatest follow-up opportunity for St. Thomas again, um, you know, after the the weekend in, in Alaska, they, they come, uh, they're actually going to be on at home facing Lake Superior state again, a, a much better opponent. Uh, I guess, what are you hoping to see from St. Thomas? Uh, maybe not necessarily a W, but as far as getting back to, uh, you know, some of the things we saw before last week and what, what are you hoping to see? I'm just hoping that they can get back to what they were. I mean, they had made so much progress and people were even commenting, even seeing them that this is a different team in the second half than they were in the first half. They played well against Bowling Green. They did okay against Bemidji. They played great against Michigan Tech, even hung tight with Mankato in one of the two games that happened recently. So it was, they made a lot of progress and then took a big step back this weekend. So I'm hoping they can just get back to where they were. Um, Lake State is going to be a tough team. Uh, I've covered them for years when I was the NMU beat writer. They're always – they find ways to win games, especially the last two years, and they got a very potent offense. Louis Bedouin is uh, one of my favorite players to watch just because he's he can he can move the puck so well and he can get shots on that. And just He's kind of a dynamic player, and it's – I think it's going to be a tough weekend, but I'm hoping that it's – the last home series of the year, um, not only regular season, can St. Thomas is, is going to be on the road in the CCHA playoffs, but just maybe that extra boost of energy of playing at home, you know, for two last games can help, I don't know, urge them or push them to get a, a victory or maybe some points out of the weekend. That's what I'm hoping. It's definitely not going to be easy because Lake State is trying to fight for playoff positioning. They want to get home ice. They're just on the edge of getting, you know, the four spot which would get them home ice in the first round. So it's going to be a good series, I think. And, you know, is this really the first true test for the program? And what I mean by that is, I mean, not in terms of the opponent and how difficult it is, but, you know, having, you know, playing good hockey only to kind of feel like maybe as players or maybe a, as an organization, maybe take a step back and to be able to kind of put that behind you. Is this a real first test for this squad? You know, you can make that case, I think, because, you know, the, again, they were making so much progress and I was, you know, enjoying watching them because it's like a lot of teams don't make that big jump and in two halves. Some people, some teams just continue to struggle the entire year, whereas that was a first half thing for St. Thomas. And now they're in the second half. They're a more complete team. They're a lot more good at possessing the puck, playing tight defense. They're keeping teams to the outside. It's, and then last week was just, I don't know, I want to say catastrophic. Is that a good way to put it? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a perfect way to describe it, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I know catastrophic's used specifically for Mankato games, I think, but, you know, I mm -hmm. think I'll use it for that series. But, uh, I think it is a test because it's like, okay, the playoffs are coming up. You have two weeks until you're most likely going to be playing Mankato in the first round. Are you going to go in with any momentum? Are you going to 
be able to put up a fight at all against the Mavericks who are probably just licking their chops at facing you after what they just saw, <laughs> you know, from Alaska. So um, I think it is a good test for them. And if you want to see where this team is at right now, I think this series will determine, you know, how they're going to finish the rest of the year. And uh, real quick, uh, Ryan, 30 seconds. Uh, I, I know it's going to be tough, but predictions for this weekend, uh, can, is Lake Superior that good or, or can St. Thomas sneak one? You know, I, I feel like if they can steal, if they can get points, a tie out of Tech, who I think is better than Lake State, I think they can get some points out of the weekend. I don't know if it's going to be a win, but I think they're going to get something. I don't know if it's a tie or maybe a shootout win or something. I think they're going to get at least one or two points out of the weekend from the Lakers just because I think they are they want to redeem themselves. It's their last weekend at home, and I think something's going to come together for them. Just like Judd's Buds, you can find all MNCAA episodes on the Soda Pod feed with episodes dropping every Friday. Go follow the dedicated college hockey feed on Twitter at MN underscore NCAA. MNCAA was taken by some douchebag with zero followers that won't reply to Isha with our very lucrative USD cash offer. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full swing for both pro and college hoops. And you can find everything from the latest odds, totals, player performance props, even where the next fired coach is going to land. All of that is available at betonline.net. They are the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Everything you can think of, BetOnline.net has you covered. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. All that at BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, Isha, who's the last show that we want to promote here this week? Brave the Wild. Joey has been in the Minnesota Wild podcast game since 2008. Here's a clip from the Chiseled Veteran. Drew Larkson, I got to think he's on pace for such a wonderful thing as well. 47 points. Yep, 27 goals. Not not bad. You know, so 30 is possibility. I think 25 is an absolute likelihood for Drew Larkson throughout his career. Um, and the the passing skills are there. They're just they're 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 there in the position of center. You're going to get some assists by default in a lot of ways. But again, even though the center position is quite different than it used to be, as Bill Guerin reminds us about that on a, on a frequent basis, and understandably so. And that's good that he knows that type of thing that he's focused on. That a lot of us might still be thinking the center is kind of like the playmaker. Yeah, they can be, and they often are, but not always. <laughs> when you got guys like Zuccarello and Kaprizov. For the proof, it's not always the center. Center has a little different role at times. Obviously, strong defense, but of course, can attack up the middle as well for a goal. But Boldy is reminding me of Danny Healy, a guy who could get 80 to 100 points in this league uh, with with his reach, his his release on the puck. He'll he'll kind of lull you to sleep a little bit, a little bit. But his release on that puck on, on his shot is unbelievable. Uh, he, he reminds me of Danny Heatley. Uh, not sure if it's a spectacular comparison. I try to get things going. We'll see how much generated over the course of time. I mean, I think I, I mean I got at least one response. I might have more than one, hopefully. It was mostly just likes. Like, oh, yeah, I agree. That's basically all it was with no response, unfortunately. But a hat trick for Matt Boldy. Kirill Kaprizov, of course, interrupted it, but we're totally fine. 
it was just an overall wonderful feeling that left everybody it, it just gave everybody a sweet <laughs> taste in their mouth obviously and it wasn't just the chocolates on Valentine's Day because this was Valentine's Day <laughs> with uh, Matt Boldy getting a hat truck Kirill Kaprizov with multiple goals I mean it's just you just sit there you just put your feet up you just sit back put your feet up like this and you're just like oh my you know the future here is so bright it is so bright not only do you have Kirill Kaprizov, but now this other guy that might have been included in a trade for a Jack Eichel or some other, you know, big shot, so to speak, in the last two years is here, and he's legit. He's legit. He's already over a point a game, just like he was in the AHL, just like he was in college after his the first half of his freshman year. He just continues on the same pace he's been at since the second half of his freshman year in college, and it's just unreal. Makes you feel like a million dollars. And then, oh, by the way, Kirill Kaprizov, too. <laughs> oh, remember that guy? Yeah, Kirill Kaprizov. It just makes you feel so good. And you still got Marco Rossi, who wasn't even, you know, he suited up just for a few games, and you saw a lot of positive little signs of him where he can force turnovers and such and obviously create great scoring chances. Marco Rossi. <clears throat> it just feels so good. And you have all these wonderful defensemen in the grapevine who unfortunately might be used as trade ships because it's getting to a point you're going to have to at, uh, at some point because of the fact is you have long commitments to the Brodines and the Spurgeons of the world. Dumbo we haven't officially committed to yet again. Uh, we did a couple of years back. Now it's time to again or make a trade to free up cap space, cap space pardon me, to keep Kevin Fiala. After the, well, after the way he's been playing with Matt Boley, I think you want to do that. And then the Winnipeg game made you think, oh, maybe not. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. Everybody's going to have bad games. But, I mean, the chemistry with Boldy and Viola is a beautiful thing. It's funny how Viola only wound up with one assist in the game. No goals, of course. Um, Boldy with four points. Absolutely sick. Chamonix uh, Christmas. You just felt so damn good. It was saying, on this day, I was sharing this last week, on this day in NHL history, 1966, the original six becomes 12 as franchises are granted to Los Angeles, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, St. Louis, Minneapolis, and San Francisco. That would be the Seals, of course, the Golden Seals, which ultimately, in an indirect, weird, crazy, uh, Star Trek-like, you know, like, you know, I don't even know how to explain it, where it would, like, change shape and then turn into something else, became the San Jose Sharks. And how did they do it? They did it by <laughs> the Golden Seals when they moved to Cleveland, and the Cleveland Barons merged with the Minnesota North Stars in the late 70s, and the Minnesota North Stars uh, had, like, a big part of their team kind of like, uh, what, what do they call that? Like, I don't even know what the scientific term, term is now. I don't know if it's metamorphosis or what the heck it is. But like a big piece comes out, like a drop, like a big drop of water, basically, and goes to San Jose to help form the Sharks. So go figure, somehow, some way, the Golden Seals always were the San Jose Sharks, and the San Jose Sharks always have been the Golden Seals. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah, thought, I thought you'd like that. Get your questions in every week by following at Brave the Wild and listen by searching Brave the Wild Minnesota Wild Podcast. 
All right. Thanks to everybody tuning in on Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I mean, wherever you get your podcasts from, the best thing you can do for us or any of the content that you heard in this podcast episode, uh, you can go on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, give us and give them five stars and a kind review. It goes such a long way. You're already supporting us by listening to this episode, so you might as well go and review us as well. If you're jonesing for more hockey content, go listen through our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And on your app, please download the episode before you listen, as it just helps all of our business. You can follow myself at VI Sports Talk. You can follow Hoppy at State of Hoppy. And of course, you can find The Soda Pod on all platforms at The Soda Pod. Signing off, I'm Isha me alongside The State of Hoppy. This has been The Soda Pod, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We good, buddy? We good. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild. That'll do it for today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Again, thank you to the Soda Pod for putting together the Minnesota Sports Podcast Collaboration Show. Uh, make sure to follow all of those shows involved. Uh, they do great work here in the state of Minnesota as well. And uh, make sure to follow Lockdown Wild wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us on social media as well. Uh, Active on all social media platforms. Just trying to keep you as up-to-date as possible on all things Minnesota Wild Hockey. If big news or a puck drops anywhere in the state of hockey, Lockdown Wild has you covered with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.